0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Oh, my life.
1: This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome
2: to the Rashmore Kazi Show, presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 Japan in Las Vegas, on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 and AM760 in Hawaii, and also the Sports Map Radio Network every Friday. I'm joined as always by G.K. Wiley, Armani Buckus, Brandon Deutsch. How are we doing? I mean, better than Armand probably is doing
0: right now. I I won money last night, so thank wow. you, Armand. That was great. Don't don't start
3: with me, G. Hey, I'm pissed off. I mean, I'm mad too. How did how did the how did the Niners, the Super Bowl contender, lose to the frickin' Bears? How embarrassing. And the Broncos. Talk about how embarrassing. But I'll, I'll attribute it to this. Tampa Bay, the year they won, they lost to the worst team in the league twice.
0: Do you ever think that it's, you're playing down to the level of your competition? 100%.
3: Yeah.
1: Because I think that that's probably the reason why you guys lost to them. The good thing is we have a superstar quarterback in the making, so. I'll, oh, give, him, I'll give him. Okay, so
0: the only thing, and I think Armand and I talked about this before, the only thing I'll give him, that kid, credit on is that he kept getting back up. Yeah. Like, that kid is strong, man. Yeah, he should dumb. play for
3: Dan Campbell.
0: Or, like, <laughs> but I mean like he's he's strong or he's just youth is wasted on the young. Yeah,
1: so one of those plays he was ru- he was trying to run in into the goal line and he just whams into like three defenders and it's like great you can get up and you're tough but also why did you just put yourself in harm's way i don't think he understands yet that he's our franchise quarterback and it's just it's frustrating sometimes he missed a wide open guy on literally what is a football equivalent of a layup and then he makes spectacular plays on his feet and he made a spectacular touchdown throw as well but it's no, just so I, frustrating dude, the dude's not a star he
3: overthrew like eight wide open people especially just, that one in the i end. just mentioned that i know and yeah.
1: also like the fact is that when and you lose to the Commanders at home. That's the worst team that I've seen us play. And we put up seven points, and, and Bears fans are defending Fields, which I'm glad that they're defending him, but also you got to be a little bit critical.
0: Didn't you hear the boos at the end of the game?
1: <laughs> yeah, the boos are more the frustration how we lost. It wasn't like booing the team. It was. More, I think it was booing the team. I think it was not booing Fields specifically. It was more booing the fact that we came out with seven and we lost in such a bears way to lose that was so
0: i'll, I'll agree with you and i don't think that it was booing one specific player i think it was booing everybody as a whole i don't think it was like hey we're gonna just boo this one kid yeah. they were booing everybody but the, when you have the ball in your hand for like almost four seconds per touch you can't win like that man you're gonna get you're gonna get on your back regardless yeah I, that's that's insane
1: yep i yeah. mean yeah, unbelievable. So, well, yeah. What, what do you think? Do you think Fields has star upside? Or you know what? I was lucky enough, and I guess lucky
2: enough. I don't know. I went to his first game that he played, the first game against the oh, Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, and he looked yeah. pretty decent. But um, listen, that was a game that we talked about it yesterday. I refused to watch that game. <laughs> <laughs> Seven to six, fourth quarter, and I'm like, uh, I saw it in the distance. I saw it. Did being you see played. the last play? No. It was it was an <laughs> it was electric
1: last play. It was brutal. D. It D. was
0: real that that tackle was incredible. Yeah. That D was sick. I'm not going to lie. Like that last move was pretty amazing. After the show,
1: we're going to pull up the last play <laughs> okay, so you can understand that. how upset I am was today. It
0: was real. Oh, dude, it was good though. Yeah. You got to admit if the shoe were on the other foot, you you'd, oh, be, I would you'd be, ecstatic, be like yeah, you'd be
2: <laughs> This would be a totally different show. <laughs> Season's over. All right, let's yeah. get to today's headlines brought to you by the Sporting Tribune. The Sporting Tribune is your go-to destination for the best coverage of your favorite teams in Southern California, Las Vegas, and Hawaii. No paywalls, no clickbait, no pop-ups, just your teams and a clean reading experience. Visit thesportingtribune.com today. Hit it, G.
0: Well, last night, the Lakers all came together in their pregame, all except... Mr. Westbrook in that huddle Guys does this shock you and What are your thoughts when you saw it
2: wait so this was A couple of nights ago right yeah sorry Two Two, nights ago yeah so uh Okay here's the thing we have reached the point Where like every little thing Russell Westbrook does gets to dissect it Gets to analyze gets talked about on social Media apparently and you guys correct me If I'm wrong I mean mean, apparently he's done this For years he did this with the thunder he's done this before So this is nothing new So you know the Other uh, clip that kind of went viral was when pat bev is trying to you know get his teammates together and westbrook for whatever reason is not a part of that and like uh, they you know they're they're trying to get him to come join the uh, team this is the preseason guys this is going to be talked about throughout the season this is why i cannot believe russell westbrook is still a part of this team i mean this went beyond just him not... um, He doesn't fit in in terms of the way this team plays on the court, but it really goes beyond that it's the personality and so once once you're cancer on this team it's a, an addition by subtraction he really should not be a part of this team right now you
3: know arash as much as i i usually disagree, I agree with you on this i do disagree and i agree with rob polenka here they are going to get something extremely great at the deadline for russell westbrook once they pay half his contract what is extremely great like uh, we're talking they could get buddy healed and miles turner now for only one protected pick and then westbrook Westbrook's expiring contract because the Pacers are going to want to get Vector Wenbinyama and other teams are going to get, want to get the Hornets will probably tank at some point that would be a you terrible
0: know? combo like v- Victor Wembanyama and Russell Westbrook, Westbrook no, no 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 Westbrook, oh, Westbrook oh, will be, be off, off the team, off
3: the, right. off the team. Right. His so it'll be, be Halliburton and Wenbinyama, which would become okay. the best duo in the league eventually so like this is this is where I disagree with Arash yeah he's a team cancer but Arash is right in the sense where um, this is getting blown out of proportion. Like, this is a ritual he's done for years. And in, in, in the huddle, too, he was talking to the coaches. If you see the full video, there's another video where he was talking to the coaches. And then, yeah, he probably should have came in at the end for the huddle. And he didn't. He kind of just stayed there. But at the same time, it's like we are. The, the And, look, I say the media. Like, it's all like some. Like, no, like, media members are saying are like showing Russell Westbrook's flaws, like stepping out of bounds three times. And, yeah, that's bad. But he's also done a lot of things great this preseason. I'll give him credit for that. And I think him, the big story coming off the bench tonight is going to be crucial because I think that's the key to this team's success. If you can have a guy that good offensively, as much as he, you know, as crazy as as sometimes his plays are, if you can have him quarterback in the second unit, this could really change the ceiling for this team because he doesn't fit on the court with LeBron. I do agree with the fact that he has looked a little bit better
1: uh, in the preseason than he did last season, but I just, the logic that he uses, it's like me saying, Oh, well, uh, you know, I've smoked cigarettes for multiple years, so it's nothing different. Like, it's just I'm smoking a cigarette. What's the big deal? It's like, well, maybe you shouldn't have been smoking cigarettes to begin with, man. Like, why are you not with your teammates in the huddle? It's a very strange ritual. And the whole team is literally gathered and you're just by yourself getting prepared for the game. I understand you want to get in your... Primal mode, but still there's a time and place for everything. And one thing about Brandon's comment about the February trade deadline, the Lakers are gonna be out of it by, well, by that's December the problem.
2: Yeah. I mean so like at least if you if if you actually care if this guy's a cancer on this team, you're gonna put your team in the best position to win. Brandon, if you could please explain for the people who may not know why yeah. at the deadline this trade that they so, want to make, why will that Yeah,
3: happen? I mean if the Lakers can I, I disagree with Armand, I think even with Westbrook they'll still be um a top nine seed in December and in January, just because of the pure talent. If Davis stays healthy,
0: oh, I was the optimistic Laker. <laughs> no, I'm not optimistic. Uh, I mean, ninth means. place
3: I'm is not that. Ninth place is not that great. It's joke. We're basically saying they're better than the Kings at the
1: deadline, which, but which if, is if they're in ninth, would they even? They wouldn't make the trade. Yeah,
3: they would. It's, well, all about the it's all about the playoffs. You're not going to mortgage your future. You're not
1: going to mortgage your future for a team well, that's not well. You stuck in well but then there's the
3: report where Kyrie Irving is still planning to be a Laker. I don't Steve. believe anything Stephen A. Smith I don't says. believe that I either. Believe but anything. at the same time, I think Rob Polenka knows more than us. Obviously, he's the Lakers' GM. Um, the reason why this is important to wait to the deadline and not pull the trigger and mortgage your future for two reasons: the Lakers' upside of winning a championship this year is very slim. Regardless, you, you can. Can never a is right, you can never count out a healthy Anthony Davis and LeBron in a playoff series. At the same time, this is the most stacked the West has ever looked. So it's very grim. So why would you trade future first round picks for uh, you know Buddy Hield and Miles Turner that maybe makes you a top five seed, but at the same time you're not, you I mean you have a chance to beat people, but you know, I don't know. If you wait to the deadline, we're going to see something we haven't seen in the NBA in years where teams like the Hornets who have LaMelo Ball who are maybe going to be a 10 seed at that time or 9 seed are going to start tanking and want to give up everything. And the Pacers are going to want to start tanking and give up everything because that lottery is 100 times more important than being in the play in this year. So what we're going to see there is teams uh, you know, just panicking and giving up stuff. And what they'll want is they'll want long-term contracts and guys that are helping them win now, like a Miles Turner or Buddy Heald, off the team get Westbrook, and then buy him out. He doesn't even have to show up on the team. You know what I'm saying? And that's just one instance. Charlotte Hornets, Terry Rozier could come to the Lakers in in his long-term deal, and that honestly would not be a terrible fit. And then you buy out Russell Westbrook, and maybe you get a, a Gordon Hayward or even you know a Kai Jones or someone of that stature. You can even get a prospect for one of those protected picks, and by the deadline, they'll be protected. They will not be unprotected with Westbrook because they have already paid 23 million of his, you know, 44 million by that deadline.
1: I heard everything you said, Brandon, and I gave the Lakers a chance coming into the preseason. They didn't even make it for me. I wasn't on the show yesterday. I want to point out one thing yeah. about uh, Wednesday's game. If Nas Reed, right? And I'm asking you this question, Arash. Right. Arash it, did you see the game on? I'm, I'm assuming you saw. I know there was Sparks other stuff going yeah. on. Dude yeah. had
3: 19 and 11 at the half.
1: Nas Reed, <laughs> the yeah. Timberwolves backup center. Yeah. If he was on the Lakers, yeah. he's probably their third best player. That is how bad this roster okay, looks okay. going into Let's the season. And by the way, <laughs> by down. the way, Anthony Davis playing center. Yeah, why do you think that that's happening? because they realize their free agent signings in Thomas Bryant and Damian Jones suck. Yeah. They are terrible. And they went into the off season with basically no plan. And it's already getting exposed. The fact is they're not even playing Bryant and Jones. They're playing him with the third stringers already. So they're already into, okay, we have to move Anthony Davis to center. And the season hasn't even started yet. Yeah. Lonnie Walker's arguably their third best player. He sprained an ankle. Now they said it's a sprained ankle. If you go watch the video, I don't trust anything the Lakers say after what happened with Kendrick Nunn last year. So he might be gone for a little bit, and he might be. And he's their, their, their highest best player. upside
3: player. I mean, if you watched that game a couple nights ago, he was like their only good player in the first quarter, other than Davis and LeBron. Armand, I disagree with you here. And this, this, yes, the Lakers have issues. We all know their issues. We don't have as much expectations because. Of those issues they have no wings besides Juan Toscano Anderson who hasn't by any means looked like uh, the second coming of Jesus in the in you know in, in preseason he's not i mean he's an average role player no offense i like him a lot he's hard nosed he's gritty he's the type of player they need but they're gonna rely on him to guard like the kevin durants and stuff if leBron and davis are you know are guarding other people and that's a problem we already know that but to say like Thomas Bryant might be their or like Nas Reed's gonna be their third best player dude Kendrick Nunn's looked really good He's looked really good. There's no denying that. There's Lonnie Walker, Kendrick Nunn. Nas Reed is good, but it's also like the guys the Timberwolves are like one of the I mean they're not one of the deepest teams because they gave up all their depth but McDaniels is like what yes if you were to say McDaniels was on the Lakers yes he'd be any their of third best guys. player
1: any of them no, no. Any of, no. come on yes. dude yes. come on I really believe that. what did
3: Dennis Schroeder any die he go back to oh, Germany geez. come on I mean he just broke his finger apparently or did like, he really sprained his finger yeah he's gonna be out for a couple weeks do you hear this um, I mean it just keeps getting worse and worse <laughs> I, dude it's preseason dog why don't you look at the positives we know what's gonna happen we know the negatives of the lakers we know they could be a complete clown show again but at the same time don't you see the positives anthony davis is playing really well he's hitting threes his shot looks better lebron still looks great kendrick nunn looks really good reeves is hit or miss but he should be able to take a leap and if lonnie walker can come back and yes he's hurt he can come back earlier in the season they're gonna be pretty like pretty well off by the deadline I'm at the point where I actually think it is realistic that
1: they have a worse season than last year. Wrong.
3: No Defense way. is going to be better, dude. No way. Defense is going to
1: be better. That's lose, everything. If they lose one of the two main guys- Well, that's the key, right? You're him. wrong. But, but Hell, that's the wrong. key. That's, that's the expected the, outcome uh-uh. at this point. The, right yeah.
0: like, what they are they you betting street clothes for a reason guys oh my
3: god okay beside the point Patrick Beverly the addition of Patrick Beverly was the most underrated edition of the offseason that guy automatically gets you 10 more wins he's himself. not getting
0: you a championship of no, course no, not. No, no, he, bar- he might barely but the, but the get Lakers, him into the, we're talking into about the wild <laughs> card. <Exactly. laughs> he might get exactly. you into like the like he might All get the Lakers
3: you... need to do, like this is a successful season, even if they lose in the first round, just get in the playoffs. That's all well, I care about. Sad yeah. as a <laughs> <Laker laughs> fan. That is
0: sad. Your sad be... is sad. No, listen, you <laughs> are myopic my Lakers
2: fan if you're thinking that this is a uh, this is not a championship team. Uh, if this team makes the playoffs and they're competitive in the first round, that's all we want. That's
0: all we want. That's all you want. Since when You guys have been saying forever, it's championship or bust if you're a Laker fan. Because
3: it's their own fault they gave Rob Polinka, who made the worst decisions of any GM in the league, a four-year extension. It's their fault they continue to get these guys that don't win them championships and mortgage their future for Westbrook. We know that now. We know what the Lakers are. Arash and I are trying to be realistic. That's there is the no way they're winning a championship. Brandon
2: and I with the crazy fans out there. Who exactly. Saying, we got LeBron. We got AD Championship. Yeah. It's not Come like on, we realize like- <laughs> what's happening. But listen, most Laker fans... They saw what happened last Wait, year. Wait, but you
1: said right now, you just said, we realize what's happening. I don't realize what's happening. What is happening? Because listen. it seems like there is no path to contention.
2: <laughs> no, no. Well, okay. So what is I mean, do you, do, I no. do I believe that they're a championship contending team? No. Do I believe that that if they're healthy, they are a playoff team? Yes. But the clock is ticking.
1: It it's, just, it's already ticked past the expiration point.
2: It may, it may <laughs> yeah. have already ticked back past tech. You know. But listen, here's the problem with this team. They had to trade Russell Westbrook and in, 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 in get something in return for him. I really believe with the, with the team that they have right now, it can go sideways fast. <laughs> this this Russell Westbrook thing I really thought that they would make it through the preseason and the first week like okay listen but by the way I'm fascinated and I, and I know you touched on it yeah. he's going to come off the bench tonight I think if he if he That's key. is fine with this role and I don't know to what extent he's fine with it but like if this is a role that he's like I'm going to quarterback the, the second unit this team has a chance oh this a team chance a for, chance, what? A chance for what? Chance for playoffs. A chance for playoffs,
1: and yeah. Like GH just said, Jihei, can you please get on him for that Hey, what yeah. about your bulls? What, what are their what, chances? No, 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 no. On, He's now. realistic. Hold on. We've I hate
0: been, the bulls. He's yeah. <laughs> realistic. We have been both realistic. I have always been granted, it's just me, and I've like I think I've hammered this home that I am a pessimistic.
3: Dude, fan. the Lakers are the Bulls right but, now. They're both. they're in the two worst positions <laughs> in the NBA. They might make the playoffs, but they're just they don't have any good young players really. And they're just they're mo- they've mortgaged their future for nothing because they're not going to win a championship at least the lakers have won a championship the Bo- that's why the bulls are in a little worse position like people forget the laker fans are like and i love my laker laker nation but we're the greediest fans in the world we won that championship and we turned around was like two we, years ago wasn't we, like we need we need a championship again like yeah. two days later it's like this wasn't enough you know what i mean no, after we like won it, the championship it's like Yankee fans it's always quote unquote your trophy but then again yeah. this team is not going to win another championship with lebron james probably No, I I agree. I'm agreeing with that. We need to focus on the future. And at this point, like... Armand has a point If they're 9 or 10 seed Why would you trade Russell Westbrook
0: But that's But again right? That's The, the Laker fr- franchise And organization Isn't it a win now Culture Always It's supposed to be A win now yeah, culture But that's they just I'm
3: haven't right. Done the Like Darvin Darvin Ham was a great move Patrick Beverly Great move Toscano Anderson Great move But it seems like They got no wings And it's their fault That they are paying Westbrook 44 million It's not like It was wings galore On the free agent market They had no money To pay anybody You know what I mean So I I just
1: want to shift the the topic real quick, because I think this goes to the grander scope of what I personally see is happening. Did you see Ontario, the crowd for the Clippers? Was it a good crowd? in Ontario? Steve Ballmer, that building in Ontario yeah, was nice. rocking for it's the Clippers. Nice. And Steve Ballmer We're has done not all all Ontario. Oh. My point okay. is this: Steve Ballmer <laughs> is cornering a certain market in Southern California, and he's doing a great job at it. And the more the Lakers look incompetent, oh, bro. You the know more how I really you think you are. I really do believe you, if the Clippers can win, and I'm not saying they're going to take over the city. Not even I'm saying close. it's going to be closer, a lot closer. No,
2: if you have, it's a, not even, it's not even remotely close. <laughs> he if needs you have time. If he you, needs you have more time five that.
1: more years of incompetence,
2: Wait, hold up, hold up, hold up During the Lob City years Now, they didn't win a championship But the Lakers were One of the worst teams in the league Like, top five pick Like, one of the five worst teams in the league I think that them and the Knicks Like, over a six-year span The two worst teams The Clippers were a top five team That gap didn't freaking close a bit Like yeah, I that mean, wasn't the Bomber era, though not give It, I mean, Luke, it doesn't look, matter about Bomber. It matters about the court It doesn't Chris matter Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, yeah. DeAndre Jordan Top five team every year no one cares the who's sitting courtside and who like. Goes the will team. even
3: tell you the Clippers will uh, even if they Bro, win five I, I titles I in a row. You, it is the Lakers' I promise town. You,
2: regardless, you will be able to go to a Clippers game this season for five for 10 bucks. bucks. Five
3: bucks, and they're the best team in the league.
1: How embarrassing is that? We're talking about a new stadium, new. It's, oh, it's not going to change is- anything.
3: You still need to get people to go. A ring, a ring. Uh, they That's need not going to gonna change a dang a thing. Ring? And they I won't hopes. even have a parade. How embarrassing is that?
0: Yeah. No. I. I don't, I don't entirely agree with you guys but a ring will help and also he's cornering a diff- he's Bomber's a very smart owner. He's doing things that your organization right now is kind of flailing. It's not at. smart
3: enough to buy the Angels. That's a huge <laughs> money-making business right there.
0: Yeah, again, again do you he's, think he's still doing he's he's changing the game? All do You think that, that
1: I'm off on what I'm saying about the Clippers potentially like cornering a market of Los Angeles here?
0: Not LA. I think that he he's setting his sights elsewhere because like look at Look at Ontario. Like, look at look at Canada right now. Like, he's doing like b- the ability to do that right now, like, and clubs maybe like are more popular band- around
2: there. the country, or he's maybe trying to do globally. Like, they cannot really. The gap is going to be so wide, and it's and by the way, like it, it should be seventeen championships to zero. And I know we, we joke, but that does mean something. This will be massive if they won a championship. Oh, I- if they win a championship, that will help. But but. It's still the Lakers. It's still the Clippers. I do want to talk about this some more. This is fascinating to me that you even think that this is a possibility. So we'll talk about that when we talk with Michael Duarte, when we come back on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the fan in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network.
1: We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio.
2: Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. And every Friday on the Sports Map Radio Network, just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline, 310-400-0340. All right, let's go out to the Sporting Tribune guest hotline right now, where we will talk to my main man, Michael Duarte. Michael, how are you?
4: Rush, I'm good. I'm in San Diego. It's a little uh, overcast and misty here, but uh, I think the Padres fans down here are excited for their first playoff game that fans have actually been allowed to. Be at in quite some time. Uh, You know, they better turn out the lights tonight. It's going to be lit at Petco Park.
2: Yeah, can't wait to uh, join you. Um, um, you know, it's it's going to be a fantastic uh, weekend there. Games three and four. Listen, uh, I am. Listen, I'm that. that's the kind of fan I am. I am like an optimistic fan. I think everything's going to be fine. I think that the Dodgers are going to win in five. I, I did not expect a sweep. I, I have to admit, my colleagues over here are very pessimistic about the current st- state of the Dodgers. Michael, the series is 1-1. Your thoughts on where this will go?
4: Yeah, I mean, you know, there's two things we can say there. We want to be optimistic, like you said on your side. Hey, you know, the Padres just threw their best pitcher, Yu Darvish, in game two. Uh, the Dodgers got to him for three solo shots and knocked him out of the game pretty early and had multiple opportunities to win. That's the optimistic side of things. Uh, now they go against Blake Snell, who, who obviously had success against them in the 2020 World Series, but the Dodgers have had uh, more success, I would say, this year against Blake Snell than any other year before. Uh, they have Joe Musgrove, who they just beat 10-2 to a few weeks ago, uh, going in Game 4. Uh, and then if it goes to a game five, you know, Mike Levenger, who has an over 10 ERA against the Dodgers this season, going up against potentially Julio Urias. Uh, so it bodes well for the Dodgers the deeper this series goes. That's the optimistic side, uh, of things. The pessimistic side of things to your co host point, Arash, is the Dodgers right now in this series look a lot like how they've been all season long, right? We knew that they had a problem potentially with front line starting pitching. They had great starting pitching depth, but outside of Julio Arias, did so they have that knockout Cy Young candidate guy that you actually fear in the playoffs? So they have those guys like, uh, uh, Max Scherzer or Jacob DeGrom, but those are guys, by the way, the Padres beat, uh, when you really look at it going into the series, you have a guy in Tyler Anderson, a guy in Tony Gonsolin, who literally had the best pitching seasons of their careers this year. They haven't done this year after year. They haven't done it historically, uh, whereas Blake Snell's a former Cy Young award winner, Joe Musgrove, threw a no-hitter last season. Uh, these are guys that I would say maybe you would give the edge in the starting pitching in these next two games uh, to San Diego. Also, you have the Dodgers strand, stranding and struggling with runners in scoring position, with leaving men on base. That was a problem they had all season long. The defense was also a problem. It was inconsistent all season long. You saw Trey Turner boot a ball in game two and then miss uh, a play at second. that shouldn't have got the lead runner out. So these are little mistakes things that the Dodgers are doing that they've been doing all season long that we were kind of worried about that maybe in a 162 game marathon season really didn't matter because they were obviously able to win 111, but now in a short five game series, they're making some of the same mistakes they have all year. Cody Bellinger is still back on the milk carton. Uh, we don't know where he is. So, These are things that that were plaguing the Dodgers during the regular season, and now they're also happening in in the postseason. So on the pessimistic side, uh, you would hope that those things would turn here pretty soon that they'd be able to overcome it.
3: Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Michael. I wanted to circle back to what uh, we were talking about in the first segment, Russell Westbrook coming off of the bench, which I think would be a godsend for the Lakers if they could convince him to buy in and really quarterback that second unit. Because if we look at the advanced metrics, and I know Jovan Buha on The Athletic has wrote a lot about this, the metrics with Westbrook and LeBron on the court are terrible. Westbrook's really good with just Anthony Davis on the court. But I mean, it's just not working with Westbrook and LeBron on the court at the same time. So I think him coming off the bench, allowing him to quarterback that second unit is a great decision. What do you expect to see tonight in that happening? And how can the Lakers really figure out their flaws um, on the wing, shooting-wise, with, with Westbrook being in that second unit? Does that really take their scoring to another level? Because we saw him struggling to score in that last preseason game, 14 missed threes in a row.
4: Yeah, I mean... Russell Westbrook is going to struggle to score no matter what, uh, especially when he's shooting the free ball. And uh, essentially, uh, in Darvin Ham's offense that he wants running through Anthony Davis, uh, Russell Westbrook's only opportunity to score, his role in that offense, to start unit, as you mentioned there, Brandon, is is a is a wing shooter, is a wing three point shooter, to place himself down on on this side. Uh, and, and, and shoot threes down from there. And that's just not necessarily his game. It's not something he's good at. I, I believe for the amount of three-point shots he has taken, he is the worst shooter percentage-wise, uh, three-point shooter percentage-wise in NBA history. So that's not his game. And we know Russell West's game, right? He needs the ball in his hand. He needs to be running downhill. He needs to be going uh, 110 miles per hour. He needs, to, he needs to be taking it to the basket or finding guys uh, open on the wing or even running a high pick and roll game with guys. Uh, like we said in those analytics, we saw that when LeBron James was out in very limited time last season when it was just Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis, uh, and they seemed to, to gel pretty well uh, in that high pick and roll game. So uh, I agree with you. I think that he does need to come off the bench. I think he can just be himself, this is what they were saying all year long, when he's off the bench. Because LeBron James needs the ball in his hand on offense. That's just what he's been doing his entire 20 year NBA career. Uh, and he's very successful at it. And the Lakers won a cha- championship at it. The Lakers also went out and got a lot of point guard depth uh, that they can put around LeBron. Guys who can shoot, guys who can play defense, guys who can shoot from the wings. Uh, you know, and it looks like Kendrick Nunn is actually playing better than Russell Westbrook if you look at just the preseason numbers alone. So, you know, again, this is a time here when they play the Sacramento Kings on Friday night, but they'll be able to still tinker and toy with it, kind of get what they want to get to. Uh, I believe. If Darvin Ham says you got to come off the bench, I think Russell Westbrook will do it. So I think he'll be happy about it? No. So I think he wants to do it? No. So I think we might see more uh public displays on the court of his unhappiness, like we maybe saw a little bit uh, when Pat Ben tried to get everybody together. Uh, we saw that video of Anthony Davis kind of having to grab rush and do it, and Russ still didn't want to kind of join the huddle there. I think we will see a lot of this throughout the season. I think it will entice the Lakers more to potentially move them at the trade deadline, as we talked about. But, yeah, I I think, and we said this last year as well, he needs to come off the bench. That will allow him to run the second unit to be himself. Uh, And there will be some lineups where you can take LeBron out for rest and leave AD, uh, Westbrook, and some of the other starters there. Uh, But I don't think that they can coexist together because they both have the ball in their hands, to your point.
3: All right, and here's a follow-up question, Michael. We were talking about this as well in the first segment where I actually said I agree with Rob Palenka waiting to trade Westbrook until at least the deadline because we're going to see some generational tanking this year. Teams in the 9-10 spot would rather probably play a lot of times, be in the lottery, than be in the play-in um, unless they're like the Lakers and kind of you know don't have a pick and stuff like that. So the, if they hold Westbrook, they pay half his contract. They, first of all, they don't need to give up an unprotected pick to improve the team at the deadline. It would be protected, if anything. And they could get a lot from teams that are desperate, wanting to give up so they, they can secure a lottery spot and get Wembenyama. And the Lakers really will be in a good position. And I know it's against the norm. Everyone wants Westbrook gone. But I think like if they can maintain you know, a play-in type spot by that February deadline, like a nine at least, or an eight... I think that's the right move. And I rarely agree with Rob Palenka, but I agree with him here. What are your thoughts there, Michael?
4: Yeah, you know, I don't, I think, I think what we were hearing in the reports, Brandon, were correct. And that was that Rob Palenka was not willing to include two first round picks in the deal uh, that would be with Indiana. They're talking about getting Buddy Heal and Miles Turner in return for that deal. And I think that kind of makes sense. He believes that those two first round picks coming in a time when, you know, LeBron James, Anthony Davis might not even be on this team anymore. Those are picks they're going to need at that time uh, and the value they have. Uh, he didn't want to part with those for that particular deal. Uh, if it was Kyrie Irving from the Brooklyn Nets, he was willing to part with those picks for Kyrie uh, to join this team. Whether that's right or wrong, that makes a little more sense because you're getting a superstar talent who knows how to play alongside of LeBron James who's won a championship with LeBron James in return in that deal. So I think by waiting, it's going to actually help him, as you said. It's not going to force his hand on those two first-round picks. And my guess is, just like you said, there'll be some historic tanking going on uh, uh, for Wimbaya, who who scouts and sources have told me, uh, you know, if LeBron James back in 2003 was in this draft, that Wimbaya would go draft ahead of him. That's how good he is. That's how much of a unicorn kind of player he is that no one's seen before. Uh, LeBron would actually go to we're talking about potentially the greatest player of all time going two to this guy uh, if they were to do that draft and when LeBron came out that's pretty interesting to me uh, there are going to be some teams that would be willing to get that pick and maybe some young players the Lakers have uh, around the trade deadline and then just simply buy out Russell Westbrook and let him go sign with anybody he wants and I think that would be who Russell Westbrook at this point in his career as well. Uh, and that's something that, like you just mentioned, we would just come see if the trade by Now there's something else to go on, right? Charlotte just lost LaMelo Ball uh, for maybe the first three to four weeks of the season. Charlotte was a team, at least on my radar, that the Lakers would be able to trade with because they have guys uh, out, outside of LaMelo that they might want to move with those contracts. I'm talking guys like Terry Rozier, Gordon Haywood. Uh, I'm wondering if there's a potential deal if the Lakers want to do that there. The other thing is with this, though, is that the Lakers with bringing in Dennis Schroeder, with still having Kendrick Nunn, with going and trading for Pat Bev now have some depth at the point guard position that they don't necessarily now need to trade for a point guard. So this allows you to go into the season, see what you might need uh, as far as a guy to fill a hole. What, position are we weak at this year? Where, what do we need? Maybe we do have point guard depth, but maybe we need more three-point shooting. Maybe uh, we need a better backup center uh, to, to play. And if that's the case, then that potentially could be open up multiple teams now that they can trade with, because you don't necessarily need a guard back in return if you move Russell Westbrook now with the point guard depth you went out and got the offseason.
1: All right, Michael, I want to shift the focus to the Clippers. I want to get your overall thoughts on what you've seen from the Clippers in the preseason. And also, I want to ask you to put yourself in Ty Lue's shoes. If you were Ty Lue, what would your starting five be going into game one of the regular season?
4: Yeah, that's a great question. I want to know more about the Shirts Off podcast that you've been um, doing here in the
1: first few years.
4: but I mean, I'll, I'm I'm curious. The, to me, the big question with the Clippers is, what are you going to get from John Wall? Um, he seems to be bought in. He seems to be happy. He's back in the Dougie again. Uh, those are great things that that I see from them that I'm really excited about with with the Clippers. So, um, you know, I think if they can, the Clippers' health, and as we know, this has always, always, always been about Kawhi Leonard and Paul George staying healthy. If they can do that, they can have success this year. Uh, so to answer your question, for me, uh, they've had success with Zubox starting at the five. I say you continue that. It doesn't necessarily mean that Zubak's going to be on the court uh, in the fourth quarter or in the final five minutes of the game. But to me, he can definitely start the game. He's comfortable in that position. Obviously, you're going to start Kawhi and Paul George. Uh, I like Reggie Jackson starting and John Wall off the bench. So to me, it's just that final position uh, and who's going to start first. Uh, I know they've been doing, they've been running out in their own power a little bit. That's the guy that they made a trade for and acquired. I like that. It could be Marcus Morris Sr. Uh, it could even be Robert Covington, depending if you want to start a three-pointer. So I think what the Clippers should do, and if I'm Ty Lue, I would go with maybe a different starting five, depending on the matchup that you're playing, meaning you're able to go small if you want to go small. You're able to go big with some guys if you want to go big. You're able to go three-point shooting. Uh, so, to me, I would go with those four locked in, as I just told you, and Zuboff, George, Kawhi, and Reggie Jackson. And that fifth guy uh, would be a matchup push for me, depending on who you would play every night. And you have tons of options, including Nick Batum and, and some different guys, uh, just depending on who you want to match up with and how the other team's going to play you.
3: Hey, Michael, I wanted to ask about the big game for our uh, USC Trojans. I know we're both alum alums and uh this is a game that makes me very nervous as a big trojan fan Uh, i know utah just lost to ucla but they're at home this is a you know it's not like i brought this up a couple days ago caleb williams has looked off at times something we didn't see whether that's because the trojans have a bad offensive line or not or whether he's just missing guys and look he still looked great a lot of times as well I'm a bit concerned going into this game and it might be the defense's job to win this game. It might have to rely on the Trojans' defense to keep Utah in check. Am I wrong here? What are your thoughts heading leading into this game?
4: No, you're right. It 100% is going to rely on the, U, the, the USC defense to try to hold Utah and they need to implement the exact same formula that UCLA did against this team. Utah, guys, is beatable. Cam Rising, who... We were talking about being alum, uh, you know, we're, we're USC alums here, but Cam Rising is actually a high school alum of mine uh, and is, is considered a hero back at, at Newbury Park High School uh, where I went to school. So, you know, he's had, he struggled. This guy was a very a front-running Heisman favorite going into the season. He struggled so far this year. And what, was, what made Utah so great the past couple of years is their running game uh, and I just don't think they have the same running game, the same, the same pop from their, their ground game that they had before. And so I think if you can stop the run, if you're USC, which you and I both know they've struggled with this season, um, if you can stop the run, I think Utah becomes beatable. Uh, now with that said, if you're USC, you have a couple of guys that are going to be out, at least for the first half in this game, including your starting safety. So, uh, it's going to be a tall task for USC's defense. Uh, I, I don't know what the weather is right now going on in Utah and Salt Lake City. Uh, if the weather is going to behoove USC or not, because it could be a potentially a game uh, where it could be you know down into like the 40s and 50s by, by kickoff. But hopefully it's mostly sunny. If so, I think that also helps USC. Uh, I think their offense is going to be fine. But like I said, they are... Three and a half to four point dogs in this game. Utah's heavy favorites were on the money line, around minus one minus 175, 180 on the lines I've seen. Uh, the over is 65. I think if it hits the over, that's not good for USC. Uh, if it hits the under, I think USC has the ability to win this game, similar to that UCLA game. So uh, obviously, we want to see them remain undefeated. This is the biggest game for them in their quest to win a Pac 12 championship this year and potentially make the playoff. If they do this, it's a little bit more smooth sailing the rest of the way, and it would be big for that uh, Battle of L.A. rivalry with UCLA later in the season. So uh, what my my recommendation would be just copy exactly what UCLA did to defeat this team, and I think they'll be okay.
2: Michael, uh, could be a big uh, Sunday here in Los Angeles. Could be Game 5 of the Division Series with the Dodgers and the Padres. Could also be Rams-Panthers. Uh, um listen, I know where we'll be sunday if 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 that is the case. your thoughts on the Rams, though my friend I mean tickets are are around forty dollars for the game on Sunday. uh, what is going on with the defending su- su- defending Super Bowl champion Rams? yeah, what's going on or
4: is that they do not have an offensive line, and when you lose two starters on the offensive line in the off season uh that that's one place you can point to that this potentially could be a problem for them. They also went out and spent a lot of money on Allen Robinson, moving uh, a former USC alum and Robert Wood That hasn't panned out. Uh, you know the 22 Atwell experiment, outside of the great fifty-nine-yard catch he made in that loss to the Cowboys, uh, that really hasn't panned out for them the way they thought it would. Uh, so they went out and they they spent money on their stars, on their core. Uh, they spent money on bringing in Allen Robinson. They, they spent some money from other places, but they really didn't address losing two starters on the offensive line. And now it's coming back to hurt them. I know they drafted an offensive lineman in the draft. Um, and obviously he got hurt in the preseason and is out for the season. But that has been the biggest case for the Rams and why they've struggled this season. Uh, I believe Matthew Stafford, who's been sacked 21 times this season, has been sacked, knocked down, pressured, and hurried than any more quarterback in the league. If you watch Thursday night football, which seems to be the worst game of the week, yeah. week in and week out, uh, that offensive line could not protect Justin Fields. And with that all said, the Bears still had a chance to win that game late. But that offensive line for, for the Bears is atrocious. And it's the exact same thing with the Rams, if not worse. So uh, the Rams have brought in Matt Swirer. They've brought in some other guys, some veterans who, who need to learn the system and need to get help but they need to get that offensive line short up and fixed ASAP because Andrew Whitworth does not appear to be coming out from that Thursday night football booth to save them anytime soon. Obviously, that would be great if he did, uh, but that's it. Now, for the Rams, this is the, this is the cure that what ails you, right? This is the chicken noodle soup when you're feeling sick, right? The Carolina Panthers limping into town after just firing their head coach with looks like Baker Mayfield going to be out for that game with a high ankle sprain. You know, this is potentially what you need to get a W in the win column, to get some confidence back, and let the offensive line get some actual playing time against an inferior opponent, in my opinion, uh, to try to gel together, to try to learn the cadence, to learn the, the, the vocabulary. Now, the last thing I'll say as far as that Cowboys loss to Roche and also, like the Bills lost, for example, earlier in the year. And real quick, Michael, we got about
2: 20 minutes. seconds. I'm sorry to cut you off. Sure, Some sure. yeah.
4: of those losses coming at home, and because the fans of the opposing teams have taken over SoFi, they have to go with a silent count, which yeah. makes it even worse for the offensive line when you're young and new and you're on third and fourth stringers. So this should help them this week. I don't think it's going to be of Carolina Panther fans. I think that's
2: great. Yeah. When the tickets are that cheap, you know, it's going to be a lot of Rams fans. All right. That's all the time we have for today. Michael, you're the best. I'll see you in San Diego. Let's do it again on Monday. Until then, this is a Rosh Markazi saying stay safe, stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi show on the Mightier Ten Ninety ESPN radio.
0: Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing. Currency chasing worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces, shed tears as we